This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. If you had sought Jesus on any given day during His lifetime on this earth, where would you have found Him? Oh, you may have found Him in the temple. You might have found Him in a synagogue somewhere. You, you might have found Him in the marketplace. You might have found Him with a crowd of people gathered around Him. And if you had sought Jesus on any given day, what kind of people would Jesus have been associating with? Well, if you study the life of Christ, there are eight examples of where Jesus is associated with those who are, uh, we would call them the, the elites of life. And there are 12 instances where Jesus associated with those who were just average people. But there are some 40 examples in the New Testament in the life of Christ where he associated with those who are the outcast of life. We, we want to think about Jesus and the life that he lived. And I believe there's one word that summarizes the life of Jesus, compassion. Please stay tuned today as we discuss the theme Looking up to heaven, he sighed. I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And now we want to take a brief pause in order that you might learn about a free Bible correspondence course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Studying about Jesus is, is one of the most fascinating, profitable ways to study the Bible. I love to read the Gospels, don't you? Because when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're reading about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can be described in so many different ways. Jesus was a man of love. Uh, the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus can be described as a man of mercy, and he was a merciful one. But I believe the one word that summarizes his life is that word compassion, compassion. And I want to read to you today from Mark's gospel, and we're going to read a, an incident in the life of Jesus where Jesus showed compassion. And I'm reading now from Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 31 and reading through verse 37. And they, they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, 
and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more they, he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, If done all things well, he maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. To me, this is a very fascinating uh, story about in the life of Jesus, where Jesus was confronted with, by uh, a man who was not only could not hear, the man could not speak, and then Jesus touched the man's ears. He put his fingers into his ears. And then he spit and he touched the, the, his tongue. And the Bible says, looking up to heaven, he sighed. Looking up to heaven, he sighed. I believe that was a sigh of compassion on this man. And Jesus said, be opened. And then the man could hear and the man could speak. Looking up to heaven, he sighed. There are many times in the life of Jesus where Jesus sighed or showed compassion. Jesus had compassion on men when they were sick. And in Matthew 14 and verse 14, the Bible says, And Jesus went forth and saw great multitude and and was moved with compassion toward them, and healed their sick. We need to have compassion on people that are sick. You, you know, it's a sad thing. I, I go to the hospital frequently, regularly, as a preacher. And sometimes I learn of people in a hospital who never have visits. They have no family to come to see them. And here they are, some of them are seriously ill, some even terminally ill, but no one sees them. Jesus had compassion on men when they were sick. Jesus also sighed when men were hungry. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 32, Jesus said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. So here the people had been with Jesus three days and he, he was concerned about them having something to eat. He sighed when he saw people were hungry. There are hungry people all around us. Most of us aren't aware of that because you see most of us live in a very comfortable home. We have food that is on our table three times a day and maybe snacks in between. But it, and so it's very difficult for us to realize that there are people that don't have a home in which to live. They don't have a warm bed at night. And they don't have food in their stomachs. You know, that's hard for us to believe, isn't it? But it is real. Not just in some third world country, but that happens all around us. 
in, all, in our own nation, the United States of America. And we need to have compassion on people that are in need. In 1 John, the third chapter, verses 17 and 18, the Bible says, Whoso hath this world's goods, and, hath, and seeth his brother have need, and, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion, or heart of compassion, he asks this question, How dwelleth the love of God in him? We don't have the love of God in us when we shut up our hearts to people that are hungry. Bothers me, bothers me bad to know there are little children that will go to bed at night somewhere in, a, in this community, in your community, in my community, and they'll go to bed hungry because there's nothing to eat. Jesus had compassion and he sighed when men were hungry. And Jesus sighed when men were leaderless, that is, without a shepherd. In Matthew 9, 36, the Bible says, And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Jesus Christ had compassion on people that were scattered. He had compassion on the multitude, on the crowd. Have you ever thought about who all is in that crowd? There are people all around us today. You go into a busy mall, you go into a, a shopping, go shopping, you go to the movie theater. There are people all around us in that multitude or in that crowd. And Jesus had compassion on people that were sick, people that were sinful, Jesus had compassion on people that were sad, people that were sorrowing. You see, Jesus showed compassion on people without a shepherd. And the people that Jesus talked about here in Matthew 9, or is talked about in Matthew 9, 36, we said he was moved with compassion. There's something wrong when people feel no compassion for other people. Jesus was moved with compassion because they were scattered. That kind of tells me something about the people. They seemed to be homeless. They, they didn't seem to have any aim or purpose. They were just scattered. They had no leader to follow. But Jesus was moved with compassion. And these people fainted they were they were faint of heart and jesus was moved folks let me just talk to you out of my heart to your heart today the world has not changed since the time of jesus we, we live in a world today where there are multitudes of people this old planet is now populated with closing in on 8 billion people in this old world. I can't even think about that many people. And, and so many of the people that are in our world are sad. They're hurting. They're sorrowful. They're sinful. Jesus would, has, would have compassion on people like that. Jesus was moved with compassion. 
There are five ways that Jesus showed compassion in his life. Je Jesus showed compassion over a town. When he came to the city of Jerusalem in Luke the 19th chapter, in verse 41 we're told that Jesus wept when he saw the city. Back in the 23rd chapter of Matthew, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee to gather as a hen, gathers the chickens under her wings, but you would not. Jesus wept over that city. Here was a place that Jesus had taught perhaps more than any other city, but they would not listen to him. And it broke his heart. Who's weeping over our towns today? Who's weeping over our large cities today that, that are filled with millions of people? Who, who's weeping today over the little small village somewhere that no one even knows anything about? To, to, to get to Mobile, Alabama from the northern part of the state of Alabama the, 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 the most likely route that a person would take would be Interstate 65. And as you clo close in on Mobile, you come to a great bridge that's, that you cross over a river. And when you get to the top of that bridge, you can see downtown Mobile from that bridge. You have a... You have a an overview of all of the cities that lie between you and Mo downtown Mobile. You can see the buildings downtown in the distance. And I, I was crossing that bridge one day, and my thought came to me about all of the people that are out there. How do we reach those people? How do we show compassion to those people? How do we help those people? I ask you, who's weeping over our towns today? Je Jesus showed compassion and he sighed uh, at a funeral. His friend Lazarus died. Oh, he, he was friends with Mary and Martha and Lazarus and, and they sent for Jesus to come and he'd already died. And the Bible says in John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. He sighed at a funeral. I got the idea early on as a preacher that, that to, to, to have a, something to say at a funeral, I, I would try to find out what Jesus did when he was confronted with death. That, that maybe Jesus had some thoughts that he used when he was confronted with death and that I could weave those into the thoughts that I would have to comfort a, a family that was sorrowing. And one thing I learned pretty quickly, Jesus couldn't help me there because every time Jesus was con confronted by death, he raised that person from the dead. But in John 11... The person that had died was his friend, and Jesus wept. I remember as a young preacher conducting funeral services, and, and, and the family would be weeping, and there would be crying over the death of that individual. 
But I want to tell you something that I've noted over the years. Because I have conducted hundreds of funerals since I began preaching back a number of years ago. I don't see near as many tears shed at funerals anymore. There seems to be not a callousness, but we don't just seem to be as touched and moved anymore when someone dies. The Bible says that when someone is weeping, this is in Romans the 12th chapter, we ought to weep with them, weep with those that weep. We ought to rejoice, of course, with those that rejoice. And when people are in sorrow, we need to weep with them. Let me, let me give you a, some advice about how to comfort a lost person who's lost a loved one. And let me tell you what not to say. Please don't ever say, please don't do this. I know just how you feel because you don't. You may have lost someone yourself, but there are no two people that react the same way to the same kind of an event in their lives. You say, well, what should I say when someone I know has lost a loved one? I think the best thing you can do is say, I am so sorry, and I'll be praying for you. And so Jesus sighed at a funeral. But, but Jesus also sighed by working. In John 9 and verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night is coming when no man can work. He sighed, he showed compassion by carrying out the mission that God gave him. And we show compassion today when we carry out the work of my Father which is in heaven. But Jesus also sighed by praying. In the 22nd chapter of Luke, Jesus is talking to Peter. And this is what he said to Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. When you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Jesus said, Peter, I want you to know the devil wants you. Satan is after you. And I want you to know I love you so much. I have so much compassion for your soul that I prayed for you. Prayer works, doesn't it? And there are some of you that are watching right now that, that say amen to that, Brother Lambert, because I know firsthand that prayer works. And one of the ways that we show compassion on other people is by praying for them. I couldn't tell you how many times I've had people call me and, and they would share with me over the telephone something serious that's going on in their life. And so I would say to them, and I have said to them, and we'll continue to say to people like this, well, let's have prayer before we hang up. We need to be a people 
that are so moved with, with, with what's going on in the lives of other people that we go to the Father in heaven who can move mountains in our lives. Be a people of prayer. But Jesus sighed by going to the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, with His stripes, we're healed. And that's not talking about a physical healing. That's talking about a spiritual healing. To talk about a, a, a physical healing is completely out of context of Isaiah 53. It's talking about healing us spiritually. We're sin sick. And Jesus Christ went to the cross. He showed compassion by going to the cross to save us from our sins. The greatest display of compassion and love the world has ever known. God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, verse 8. Yes, Jesus sighed when He went to the cross. And it's because of that that you and I can go to heaven one day. We must believe in Jesus, of course, John 8, 24. We, we must be willing to repent of all of our sins, Luke 13 and 3. We must be willing to confess our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as being the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16, Acts chapter 8, verse 37. And then we must submit to baptism into Christ, Galatians 3, 27, that our sins be washed away, Acts 22, 16. And then we'll be saved, Mark 16, 16. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's why Jesus sighed by going to the cross. That you and I might be saved from our sins. Now we know Jesus sighed. Now here's my question. Do you ever sigh? Do you show compassion? What about, our, we need to stop and we need to look at ourselves. Do we ever sigh, for example, over helpless children? It's been in the news so much as, uh, as of late about children being abducted, little children being abused. It, it breaks your heart. I read in the newspaper some time ago about a man who was arrested because he had taken a cigarette and he had burned all over his child's body that, with that cigarette. All over it. And when they asked him why he did it, his response was, he just liked to hear the kid scream. That's a monster that would do something like that to a little child. Oh, we need to have compassion on little children. We need to have compassion on, on women that are abused. And sometimes men are abused, but more often than not, our women are being abused. And they can be abused in so many different ways. They can be abused by being abducted and being made sex slaves. That's an abuse. Do we, uh, does that concern us? Are we, are we showing compassion for people like that? Do we pray for people like that?
We, we need to sigh over the difficulties of modern life. Have you thought about the life that so many people are living today? And all of the difficulties there are out there in modern life, we know what they are. We, we know about the violence in our own nation, about the, the, the massive flood of hate there is in our own country. That disturbs me. That ought to cut us in the heart. And we ought to be praying for a better day, for a better world in which to live, a kinder world, a, a more loving world for our children to grow up in. That ought to, think about all of the drugs in our country and all of the lives that are being destroyed because of drugs. And it's very likely that so many of the crimes that are committed in our own country are drug-related problems. We ought to be sighing over that today. And what about the lost? People are lost. Paul sighed over the lost people in Romans 10. He said, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And the desire of my heart is that people be saved. That's the reason we have this telecast. That, that's the reason I preach these sermons. That's the reason we offer a Bible course that men might be saved. And we need to be sighing over our young people the youth of the land. That there are some things about our country that really are disturbing. And, and one of the things that I learned, and you can find this yourself on your own computer, is that so many of our young people no longer have an absolute standard of, of values to live by. That ought to disturb us. Oh, there's so many things for which we need to be sighing today and showing compassion and a heart of love. And may God help us as God's people to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and strive to be like Him. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not certain where it's located, well, then you just call us and we'll help you find the church nearest to you. And also, right now, please pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Many of you have been doing that. We want more of you to do that. Or if you prefer, you can take it online. However you take the course, please avail yourself of the opportunity. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 5214. Join us next time for getting to know your Bible.